Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. We welcome you to another segment of our Search the Scriptures Bible Study radio program. We're so glad to have this opportunity to be with you each day. Open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more as we study a little bit more. You know, we keep emphasizing in the program that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So people who want to have more faith or want their faith to grow stronger, they really need to get into God's Word. It's not going to just happen to them automatically or mysteriously. God's not going to make them have stronger faith or just bestow faith upon them whether they want it or not. No, he gave us his word to guide us into what real faith is based upon, and that's his teachings. His will communicated to us through his word. So here on Search the Scriptures, we try to help people grow in their faith or develop faith initially if they have none to begin with. And we, in doing that, want to help people get to heaven. Again, we've got to come to God through Jesus Christ in order to get to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he who would come to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. And then Jesus said in John 8 and verse 24, If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So we must believe in God. We must believe in Jesus Christ as God's Son and our Lord and Savior. Faith again. Faith is at the basis of all of that. So we want to help you grow in your faith. And as your faith is growing stronger and deeper and fuller, as a result of your studying with us here on Search the Scriptures on a regular basis, then you should be coming closer to God. And our prayer is that ultimately you'll make up your mind to come to God all the way, his way, through Jesus Christ, as you surrender to him, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him openly, and being baptized into him for the remission of your sins, being reborn spiritually, and being made new from a spiritual perspective, being made a new creation, as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, beginning to walk a new life with a new focus in a new direction. And that is ultimately heaven itself. Oh yes, our prayers are with you and our prayers are for you and we really do pray for you. Now have a pencil or pen and a piece of paper ready. At the end of the program today we'll tell you how to contact us and then we encourage you to do that. Contact us. Ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. We literally send it across the country and when we say free we mean free. We'll even take care of the postage. You can also ask for a copy of today's program on CD. And again, that's free, and we'll take care of the postage. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready, and you can jot down that information in just a little while. You can also go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that, and in about one minute, you can sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It will always be free. Now let me say that again. It is free. It will always be free. And then you will automatically receive to your device 
your computer, your laptop, your pad, your tablet, your smartphone, whatever device you choose, all of our podcasts will go automatically every day. All of our Bible studies, our great short, about a 12-minute study that we call daily uh, today's Bible class, that's seven days a week, you receive all of our sermons and all of these radio programs on Search the Scriptures. It'll be automatic, and again, it'll always be free. So do that, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down, sign up for our podcasting. I want us to begin a new line of study today. We're going to talk about something that is really, well, it is central to the lives of every human being in this world. There are always two opposing forces trying to influence us in opposite directions, behind the scenes. Now, one of those is positive and holds eternal life. The other is negative and is eternally self-destructive. The motive behind the one that is positive and offers us eternal life is the love of God. The other, the negative, that is ultimately eternally destructive, the motive behind that is the hatred of the devil himself. Think about those two opposing forces. They are always there. If you think about in the beginning, what does God do at the creation? In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, he said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so there is God, who loves us so much that he created us in his own image. Ultimately, to have the opportunity to be with him forever in heaven. So there's the one force, the positive one that is motivated by the love of God and offers us eternal life. But then, not long into the account, after the creation, in Genesis chapter 3, who appears on the scene? Satan himself. And what does he do? He tempts Eve, and through her, Adam, to turn their backs on God, to disobey God, to enter into sin. You see, Satan was after the destruction of their souls. Now you say, well, well, why why do you say that? But maybe it wasn't really after the destruction of their souls. All we have to do, again, is compare the two opposing forces. In 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Oh, there's the love of God leading us, encouraging us to follow him, even to say, cast all your cares upon me, for I will care for you. And then the opposing force, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You see, 
there's the hatred of the devil as the other negative force that ultimately leads us, if we follow him, to self-destruction for all of eternity in hell. It's easy to see the difference, isn't it? But we can see these two opposing forces repeatedly throughout history and certainly throughout the, script, the, the annals of the scriptures. When we look at Matthew chapter 7, for example, Matthew chapter 7, we read Jesus' words as he is preaching that sermon that is called the Sermon on the Mount. In verses 13 and 14, he says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Now remember, the one force motivated by hatred, the force behind which the devil is the author, that force is described here by Jesus as the broad way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. So that's through the wide gate and traveling down the broad way of life that leads ultimately to eternal destruction, condemnation, and hell. The opposing force is the one that is laid out by the love of God. He goes on and he says, because narrow is the gate and straight is the way or difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So Jesus says, here are the two opposing forces again. The devil's trying to lead you down the broad way that leads to eternal destruction. God, through Christ, is trying to lead you down the narrow way of truth, God's truth, that leads to eternal life, ultimately. There we are, the two opposing forces again. In the sixth chapter, earlier in that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about these two opposing forces, these two mindsets, from a different perspective. He says in chapter 6, beginning with verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consume, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there your heart will be also. So we have to determine, we have to develop a mindset. Where do we want to go? Well, if we're only looking at the ways of this world and what we might consider riches from a material perspective of this world, then ultimately we're moving in the wrong direction. Our heart is not right. But if we will look toward heaven and God's love, and make getting there and being with him for all of eternity our motivation and our ultimate goal, well, then we're going to be following the pathway of God's love, the two opposing forces again. Well, the devil's skillful in tempting us to follow him through material wealth, material riches, material possessions. You know, most people, though, they never become wealthy materially. They, they seek it. They desire it. They try to reach out for it. They want to buy all the things that money can buy and have all the things that, that, seem to, that, that would seem to them to indicate happiness and joy and pleasure. But all of that 
that pleasure, that joy, that happiness is short-lived. It does not really give them the fulfillment that they're looking for or the satisfaction, and so they keep looking for more and more. Well, there's the devil's allurement again, his temptation, his deception. Why don't you just reach out for this? This is going to make you happy. It's going to give you a fulfilling life. And then they find emptiness. They find disappointment and despair. But God says simply, follow me. Live the righteous life. You can look forward to an eternal life in a city of golden streets, of gates of pearl, where there is eternal life, not eternal condemnation a place where you can enjoy a reality wherein there is no sorrow, there is no sickness, there is no suffering, there is no pain, there is no dying, a place of glory. And again, eternal, true happiness. In James chapter 1, beginning with verse, beginning with verse 12, Blessed be the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. To those who love him. We're that side of life, that, that, that force leading us, where is it leading us to? Eternal life, the crown of life. And what's the motive behind God who is reaching out to us and leading us down that pathway? Love, love. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives, for, it gives birth to sin, And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Brings forth death. There's the other force, always trying to lead us in the opposite direction of God's love and eternal life. The devil is always there, out of hatred, trying to lead us to eternal condemnation, to eternal destruction in hell. You go further in James chapter 1, and we see the opposing forces again. Verse 19, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. God offers us the pathway and the lifestyle of righteousness. There's happiness there. There's true inner peace and fulfillment and a hope that is not a wild wish or an unrealistic desire or dream but a hope that is a promise, and that's eternal life with him in heaven. Oh, but the the other side, that side that would bespeak the evil and wickedness, the hatred of the devil, oh, that side leads to unrighteousness and ultimately, again, eternal self-destruction. You go even further into James's letter in chapter 4, And verses 7 and 8, and here James writes, Therefore, submit to God. Submit your will to God's will. Live for him. Walk with him. Live by his teachings. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There are the two opposing forces again. God on the one hand, leading us through love for us. 
The devil, on the other hand, trying to pull us away from God through hatred and wanting to lead us to our self-destruction for eternity in hell. How do we follow God? How do we resist the devil? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You see, when we come to God, we must come to him in repentance. We must come to him surrendering our lives to him through our Savior, Jesus Christ, repenting of our sins, confessing our faith, and being baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins. When Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. The two opposing forces again. On Pentecost, when Many of the Jews asked Peter and the rest of the apostles in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, what shall we do? Peter and the apostles had just been preaching to them the gospel of Christ. Peter responded, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You see, we must come to God through Christ for forgiveness because as we succumb to the ways of the devil, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, when Eve and then Adam did that, that's sinfulness. That's pulling away from God and his love for us and letting the devil and his hatred allure us, lead us into sinfulness, which is destructive for our eternal souls, the two opposing forces. We need to be aware. We need to always recognize that God is there, and he always calls us to him. Remember Jesus' great invitation in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. But now the devil, oh, he wants to lead us in a different direction. In fact, in the opposite direction. He wants to lead us again into eternal condemnation, self-destruction in hell. John, what he was writing, the Apostle John, in 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse, thir- uh, with, beginning with verse 15, he said, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Why is that? Because again, remember what Jesus said back in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 and 14? Most of the people in the world are going down the broad way that leads to destruction, Jesus said. The ways of the world are sinful. John goes on and says in verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The devil is behind those temptations and those wicked lifestyles and practices. And then John went on to say in verse 17, and the world is passing away with the, and, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever or looks forward truly and literally to eternal life. The two opposing forces again. They're always there always there. 
God is always calling us to follow him through his word, always reaching out to us and pleading with us, come to me. Remember that great invitation again. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But the devil is always there too, probing, prodding, looking for a weakness, for an opening in our lives to try to influence us to turn away from God. And if we turn away from God through the devil's leadings, then we're giving up eternal life. We're going to lose that promise. Jesus said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Revelation 2 and verse 10. The devil tries to turn us away from faithfulness. He tries to portray something that would seem to be, to look like it would be, better than faithfulness to God. But the devil is the great deceiver, the great liar. And so what he's really trying to lead us to is eternal condemnation with him in hell. To pull us away from the promise of God through Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. We need to open our eyes. We need to always be aware and we need to always be on guard because the devil is always there. He is like that roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. We must keep our eyes open and we must always walk with God through Jesus Christ faithfully, obediently, and then we can be assured of eternal life. Hebrews talked about that ultimate end, that ultimate promise and reward through Jesus Christ. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9. Let's make up our minds to walk that walk. And let's keep our spiritual eyes open to recognize all of the false, deceptive, alluring, at least they would seem to be on the surface level, temptations that the devil throws at us. Let's always hold God's hand, and then he will never let go of ours. I want to take this thought further and make a specific application beginning next time. Right now, let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us so much, sending your Son as our Savior into this world to go to the cross to die, to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. Thank you for offering us, promising us, if we will walk with you faithfully, consistently, eternal life with you in heaven. Help us, Father, keep our eyes on that goal and guide us to live by your will. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.